Thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, sometimes winding conversation of Frontier Church where we exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. In today's podcast, I want to keep things short, but I want to provide us with a few ways to prepare our hearts to make Pentecost this Sunday meaningful and special to us as a church. So whether you live in Des Moines or elsewhere, I hope that this podcast helps you worship local. Well, okay, church, it is just me in this little podcast today, just Cole, Um, but I want to give us five different ways that we can prepare our hearts over these next couple days so that Pentecost is meaningful to us. So I've got five things in my mind that I just kind of want to articulate and move through in this podcast and at the end of this podcast, I think I think you'll I think you'll have um, a little bit more excitement and a little bit more joy. Looking forward to Pentecost this coming Sunday. So let me start just by reading the text from Acts chapter two, verses one through four. This is the story of Pentecost. This is how Luke tells it in the book of Acts, and uh, this is really what we're celebrating. So this is Acts chapter two, verses one through four. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together, the disciples of Jesus, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So five things, five ways to prepare so that when we, when we center ourselves around this story on Sunday, you can make the most of it. So the first way to prepare is really easy. Just read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Read those four verses every night until Pentecost, right? It's like, it's going to be Thursday night when I post this podcast, and so you're going to have Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. You're going to have three nights before Pentecost Sunday. Just make a small little habit of reading those four verses every night before you go to bed. And as you kind of do that, what you'll notice what happens is that you'll kind of interiorize the text, It'll find its way into your heart and into your mind and into your imagination, and you'll find yourself visualizing the text rather than just reading it. So you'll be able to actually like hear the mighty rushing wind. Some scholars say that in the original Greek, that that indicates almost like a torrent, like a tornado. Right? There's like almost like this Iowa F5 tornado that's coming into this room where the disciples are. You'll be able to think more deeply, and you'll be able to picture you'll be able to picture those tongues of fire resting above each of the apostles. You'll begin to imagine what it was like for the Holy Spirit to enter them and for them to speak in other languages or like Luke says in in, in the book of Acts, other tongues as the Spirit gives them utterance. So all this does 
is it furnishes your imagination so that your imagination has some chairs and some couches to sit on when you read Acts chapter 2. You can picture these things. Number two, Google ways to celebrate Pentecost as a family. I know that this sounds really cheesy to you if you don't have kids. If you don't have kids, you're probably going to just like roll your eyes at this suggestion. But if you do have kids, you know that these types of things are actually like pretty helpful when it comes to discipling your kids. When you Google ways to celebrate Pentecost as a family, you'll come across ideas like put something red on the dinner table at dinner. Make red kites together as a family. Make red dove crafts to symbolize the Holy Spirit. Make a red cake. Make red cupcakes. All these types of things, they seem kind of goofy to us as as adults, but especially for children who are so visual in their learning style, this actually will create, I think, some pretty good conversations. Like, hey, mom, hey, dad, why red cake? Why red crafts? Why is everybody wearing red on Sunday morning? Um, These are great opportunities for you as a parent to talk about how the color red liturgically indicates the fire of the Holy Spirit. So just think about Googling ways to celebrate Pentecost as a family. There's actually some really great stuff out there. Number three, the third way to prepare your heart for Pentecost Sunday this coming weekend, meditate on the fruits of the Spirit. This is the way Paul says it in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit right there. You know, sometimes we think that a greater outpouring of the Spirit means that we will prophecy and speak in tongues and experience healing and offer incredible words of encouragement. And I do believe that God still does those things. We do see that happening in Pentecost chapter 2. They do begin to speak in other languages and other people begin to understand them even though they speak in different languages. So I really do believe that God does continue to give out the miraculous gifts, but we miss so much of the work of the Spirit If we don't know the fruit of the Spirit and we don't equate a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit to an increase of love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control and gentleness, we miss the work of the Spirit in those things. Um, And one of the ways I think that it becomes really clear that we miss the work of the Spirit in these things is that I I just don't hear very many many people say, hey, I think I grew a little bit in my gentleness this year, and then hear somebody else respond, whoa, bro, God is pouring out His Spirit on you in crazy ways, you know? Like, I don't hear people often say, hey, I think I'm growing in my self-control, And then hear somebody respond to that by saying, dude, we're experiencing revival right now, but you are, right? This is a crazy way that the Holy Spirit pours his, or the Holy Spirit works in crazy ways in our lives, but often we don't chalk up joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, and self-control to a work of the Spirit. And so when you have the expectation of growing in those ways, then you'll be able to celebrate the Holy Spirit when he gives you those things. So meditate on the fruits of the Spirit and prepare your heart that way for Pentecost Sunday. 
Number four, here's the fourth way to prepare your heart for Pentecost Sunday. Read the Old Testament book of Joel. It's only a couple chapters long, but Joel prophecies about Pentecost in chapter two of Joel in the Old Testament. He says, quote, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. End quote. Peter actually thinks that this is such an important part of the promise of Pentecost, that in Acts chapter 2, Peter picks this text from Joel as one of his center texts for when he preaches his Pentecost sermon in Acts chapter 2. So if you read the book of Joel before Sunday, it'll help you. It'll help you live into the Old Testament story of waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all of God's people. That's the fourth way to prepare your heart for Pentecost Sunday. Number five, Come prepared to pray on Sunday, especially for unity. This is like the main thing that we're doing in our time together on Sunday morning. I'm preaching a shorter sermon just to make sure that we have adequate time for whoever wants to pray for our church. We're going to have open microphone time. But one of the reasons why we want to do this is because if you look at the, if you look at the Pentecost story at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 and you see God pouring out his Holy Spirit, it's amazing. But if you look at the end of the Pentecost story at the end of Acts chapter 2, you see what the end result of God pouring out his Holy Spirit on the church is. Here's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, quote, And they, all the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. That's the type of church that we want to be. We want to be the type of church that prays together and learns together and lives together and worships together and shares our lives with one another, giving all things that we have in common to one another as needs arise in our church. And the only way that's ever going to happen, right, in this Western world of mega churches and impersonal churches and churches as businesses and churches as 501c3 organizations. The only way we're going to experience an Acts chapter 2 church in this culture is if the Holy Spirit pours out something massive on us. And so we do have this vision of our church, of Frontier Church being this church where everybody's chipping in and everybody has a voice and everybody's story matters and everybody's praying. And so we want to leave time on Sunday morning for you to pray because your prayers matter for our church. So come prepared to pray on Sunday, especially the thing that Andrew and I have had on our minds is unity, the unity of the church. So those are my five ways of preparing your heart for this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. Let me give you a bonus one. Here's number six. When you come on Sunday morning, have high expectations. 
Expect the Lord to pour out his Holy Spirit on you in a, in a new and in a fresh way. Desire the Lord to do that in your life. Don't leave the same person that you came into the jazz club as. Fight that urge to just coast through church. Have expectations of the Lord giving you a greater measure of his Holy Spirit on Sunday morning. Don't hold them hostage to it. Don't say, hey, you do this, otherwise I'm, I'm bailing on the Christianity thing, right? Those are unhealthy expectations, but have healthy expectations. God, you're going to be there on Sunday. Pour out your spirit on me. So there you have it. Five ways to prepare for Pentecost Sunday. Six, if you include that little bonus at the end. So guys, when you walk in on Sunday morning, I'm so excited to see you because we're going to have red balloons hanging from the ceilings, red rose petals covering the floor. People are going to be encouraged to all be wearing red. We're going to look like a church on fire. I, I can't wait to see you guys on Sunday. Again, I know I keep on repeating myself, but I'm only going to preach for 10 to 15 minutes and then the floor is open. I'm out of the way. The most important thing that's happening is the work of the Spirit through your prayers. Come ready to pray, and I can't wait to celebrate Pentecost with you guys. I love you.